0: that God wants us to be healed. Did you know that God wants you to be healed? He didn't call for you to be sick and broken. He called you to be healed. And and through Jesus' ministry of deliverance, God wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be bound up and stuck and addicted. He wants you to be free, amen. He called, through his teaching, he wants us to know the truth, the truth about Jesus and his word. His calling reveals that he has a desire for us To have purpose. God has a purpose for each and every person in this room. You watching online, God has a purpose for you. But the enemy will try to lie to you and tell you that you have no purpose. That your life is just hopeless. It's helpless. That there's nothing for you to do. But God has a purpose for each and every person here. Also, the biggest thing, and this is what we're going to highlight today. God is a God of hope. His nature, part of his nature is a nature of hope. And his nature of hope is so great that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, as a symbol of hope for all of humanity. And today we, resu- we, we celebrate the resurrection because of the hope that we know that one day Jesus will return. Because we know that Jesus on the third day, he said it, he declared it and prophesied it, that on the third day I will rise again. And because that he, he is risen and we celebrate that, we have hope. Yeah. We can have hope in Jesus. That's good news this morning. Yeah. That we have hope. So today's message, if you're taking notes, is called Jesus, Our Hope. Jesus, Our Hope. And if you want to go back, you could go back to, uh, if you download our app, New Life Church of Mobile, you could download our app. You could listen to all the messages there. Or if you have Spotify, you could go to Spotify. All the You could listen to all the messages there as well. And as well as all the notes uh, for this sermon are on the app as well. But hope. A definition that I love about hope is this, is that it's an expectation that something good is coming. It's an expectation that something good is coming. And when there is hope and there is an expectation that something good is coming, doesn't that make you feel good? It's like a kid that knows that Christmas is coming. They know there's gonna be presents under the tree and they can all they when is it Christmas? Is it time to open the gifts? It, because Why is that? There's an expectancy because they know something good is coming. Or if it's their birthday and they know they have a birthday party coming, or and they're gonna have get gifts and friends and family gonna come over for their birthday, whatever the case may be. But when there's an expectation of something good happen, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. It just puts you in a different place mentally physically spiritually when you know that man there's an expectation of something good is coming because there's a hope there but when there is no hope you feel helpless you feel like what's the point of living why should i even try why should i even go on there's nothing ever works out for me so why should i even get my hopes up how many of you ever said that before uh, you know every time i get my hopes up i just get let down so why even get my hopes up because i know it's not going to work out in my favor we say things like that, but that comes from a place of hopelessness and helplessness. But Jesus, He demonstrated hope. He came as a symbol of hope, no matter what you walk through. And we're gonna read um, a story here in just a second. But before we do that, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you. We honor you for this day, on the day that you rose from the grave, the day that you snatched the keys from death, hell, and the grave. That you risen. That you said like like you said that you would. And today, this is a day that we rejoice and we celebrate your risen, our risen King. And that we rejoice also that we have hope in Jesus. That no matter what our situation may be, no matter what our circumstances are, that we can have hope and find it in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to look at a passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 24. And we're going to read starting in verse 13. Luke 24, verse 13. And it says that, That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened, talking about Jesus' death. At this point, they're walking because Jesus had died, and this is where they are right now. They're talking about it. As As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. They asked him, what are, all, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stop short, sadness written across their faces. How many of you have had sadness written across your faces before? Well, people could just look at you and go, what's wrong with you? What's going on? Tell me what's really going on because you just you just sadness all over your face. And that's what Jesus saw in their face, just sadness written all over their face. In verse 18, it says, then one of them, Cleophas, that sounds like a brother, Then one of them, Cleophas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. Verse 21. We had hoped, they said, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. We had hoped. So you got to understand what's going on there. These two guys, they said they were followers of Jesus, meaning that they saw all the miracles that Jesus performed. They saw Jesus raise people from the dead. They saw Jesus Uh, heal people and blind eyes open they saw Jesus perform the the miracles of the 5,000 and when he fed everyone they saw all these miracles of Jesus they heard all the teachings of Jesus when he said I am the messiah I am the son of God and then he died and now they're like wait a minute this guy that did all these things we saw him do all this we put our hope in him and now he's dead we had hoped he was the messiah How many of you have tried God before? You've been following God for a while and things seem like they're going great. And then all of a sudden something happens in your walk when you're like, well, where is God? Where is the man that did all these things that gave me joy that I don't feel that anymore? It's gone. I had hoped my life would be different. I had hoped by 35 my life would be different. I had hoped by 45 my life would be different. I had hoped by 65 that my, I had hoped that 85 my life would be different. But it's not the way that I thought it was going to pan out. How many of you had a, I had hoped? I had hoped. All of us have had hoped in something that didn't go the way that we thought it would. And it leaves us in a place, like we talked about, of helplessness, of hopelessness. You online, I'm pretty sure you walked through some things as well where you had hoped that it was going to work out in your favor, and it just didn't. And now you're stuck in a place where, what do I do now? That's what these two guys are doing right now. They're walking down the road, sadness written across their faith, talking to Jesus, not even knowing that it was him. But then later on, it says that as they were walking, it was getting late in the night, and they begged the man, not knowing that it was Jesus, they begged him to come to with them and to stay and to have a meal with them. And so we pick up there in Luke chapter 24, verses 30 through 32. And it says, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Then suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us when he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures? To us. So at that moment when they broke the bread, Jesus was revealed and they recognized who He was. Jesus demonstrated hope to those men and to everyone that was gathered there. And today I want to focus on three things that we can get hope from from things that we walk through. Because how many of you know we walk through things? Anybody else walk through some things? Or am I alone? Am I the only one that walks through things? But we all walk through things, and we need hope to help us get through our situations. You online, you need hope to help you get through the situation. And we're going to focus on three things on, the, on, the resurre- on this Resurrection Sunday that Jesus experienced himself in the flesh that we can take hope from. Amen? The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. is Gethsemane. Jesus had to conquer Gethsemane. What does this represent? This is hope for my stress. This is hope for my stress. How many of you have ever experienced stress before? If you don't raise your hand, you're lying. <laughs> this, you're in church now. <laughs> Talking about stress. Stress is a real thing. Stress could come on you in a second. You could just be having a great day and all of a sudden you're stressed out about something. Something just hit you and like, oh, I'm stressed. I don't even know where it come from. But the thing about Jesus is this, that Jesus was never stressed out, not until Gethsemane. Think about it. When he was in the boat in the middle of the storm and his disciples were freaking out, what was he doing? He was asleep. When they came crying to him, said, oh, Lazarus is dead. Only if you would have been here, he would be alive. It said he took an extra few days to get there. He took his time. What was that? Jesus said, Are y'all not about to stress me out? I'm going to get there when I get there to demonstrate power so God can get the glory in this. But he was never stressed out. Whenever they ran to him with a situation where Martha was so busy preparing the meal and she ran over and scolded Jesus. Well, if you would have just come over here and tell Mary to come in this kitchen and help me. What did you say? Dear Martha. Chill out. I'm paraphrasing. Just chill out. Calm down. What was that? Jesus was never stressed. He never let anything stress him him, until he got into the garden of Gethsemane. And then the Bible says that he was so stressed that literally he began to to sweat uh, drops of blood because stress entered him. Stress took on him. Stress, Christ had to battle with anxiety. He had to battle stress. He had to battle fear, loneliness, and betrayal all in the garden. He felt every single thing that you and I feel. He experienced that for the first time in the garden. And when that stress hit him, he said, oh, my goodness, I've never felt this before. I've never felt any of this before. And he took on everything that we feel so we could find hope in the person that overcame stress, that overcame all these things. And I was looking at some of these. These are some of the leading causes of stress. Too many responsibilities. Some of you can't even focus right now because you're thinking about all the stuff you have to do when you leave here. <laughs> I got to do this, 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 and that, and this, and oh, what, I got to think about this, and I got too many responsibilities. You got so many responsibilities that you're stressed out. Finances. Boy, do you bring up money, you get the oh, you get the sweating. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it. Money kind of tight right now. You start thinking about finances, you be, immediately you begin to stress out. Work stresses you out. Man, I got to go to work with that boss tomorrow. Ooh, Monday coming. I got to deal with them coworkers. I got to deal with these people. What is it? Stress. Work stresses you out. A divorce stresses you out. You walk through a, a, a season of divorce. Our nation stresses you out. You worried about our nation, everything that's going on in the world. Man, these people crazy out here. These youngsters crazy. All they doing is killing each other. Everything is just, it's just stressing you out. Politics stresses us out. I can tell you one thing that's not going to stress me out is politics. <laughs> I don't get involved with it. I don't worry about it. But for some people, politics is they eat, sleep, and consume politics, and it stresses them out. Sickness, it stresses you out. Maybe you've been diagnosed with something, or there's a sickness in your body, uh, or a sickness of a loved one, or death of a loved one. That could stress you out. You just lost a loved one. That could bring stress on you. There's so many different things. That could bring stress upon you that we walk through and we deal with on a daily basis. That's nothing that Jesus didn't face himself. But not only did he feel those things, but he overcame. He overcame. Jesus did three things to overcome the torment of stress when he was in the garden. The first thing he did was this, is he stayed. He stayed. Boy, the moment we feel stress, we try to run from it. I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta I gotta drink something, or I gotta smoke something, I gotta go do something. I gotta do something to get this stress off of me. Cause this is too much. But what did Jesus do? He stayed. He knew what was coming, yet he still stayed. He could have called down angels at any time and said, you know what, this is too much for me. I knew I was gonna have to die for y'all, but I didn't know it was gonna be all this. I'm out. But he didn't do that, he stayed. Because he loved us so much and he said, you know what, I know that I'm a symbol of hope for those that feel hopeless, so I have to stay and I have to endure. And he endured and he overcame. So if Jesus did it, guess what, that gives you hope that you could do it as well. So if you feel stressed in your situation right now, just stay and know that there's hope on the other side. Just know that there's a person that's with you that will never leave you nor forsake you that will help you overcome whatever the things that you are that you feel stressed about. Because he did the same. He stayed. The second thing he did was he prayed. You know, prayer is a powerful tool that we have. Any moment you begin to pray and bring your demands and your petitions to God, guess what? There's a peace that comes over you. There's a weight that feels like it just comes off my shoulder when things that are bothering me and stressing me. And I just begin to cry out to God and say, God, This load that I'm feeling, it's too heavy. Please take this stress off of me. Instantly, I'm filled with his peace. It's because I pray. Prayer works. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know how he does it, but he does it. I don't really, I can't explain it to you, but all I know is when you, when you make your request to God, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding that comes upon you, that you say, I don't know how I'm, I have peace in this situation, but I do. Yeah. It's unexplainable, but God, he can, do it. he can do it. He can give you the peace that you so desire. So if you're in your mind, you're feeling stressed out, you're like, I don't have peace, pray. Pray. A simple thing. Just stay there and pray. That's what Jesus did. He prayed, God, if it would if be possible, please take this bitter cup of stress away from me. He prayed it a couple times, but yet he still stayed. The third thing Jesus did was this. After he prayed, you know what he did after he prayed? He surrendered. He surrendered. There is freedom in surrender. Christ brought freedom for us all, all because he did that one thing. He surrendered. When he prayed and he realized that, you know what? This is something that I'm going to have to endure. I'm going to have to walk through. You know what he did? He surrendered to it. He says, God, I surrender to your will, and I'm going to endure the cross, and I'm going to walk through this thing because I know this is what you've called me to do, and I'm going to surrender to it. There's freedom in surrender. A lot of times you don't find the freedom that you desire is because you hadn't surrendered it to God. But when you stayed and then you've prayed, Surrender it to God, and what does that mean? That means to leave it there and don't pick it back up. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna pick. I, I've surrendered it to God. I'm gonna leave it there, and I'm not gonna pick it back up. You want to overcome stress? Surrender it to God. Yeah. Surrender it to God. That, don't try to carry it in your own strength. You online, you watching? Don't try to carry your own strength. Just surrender it to God, and I promise you, He will give you freedom and He will give you hope to overcome your stress. Amen. Amen. That's the first thing He gives us hope to overcome. Our stress the second thing is the cross the cross what is this this is hope for my sin hope for my sin it didn't just stop at hope for my stress but he moved past the cross that's hope for my sin the cross represents the battle of the soul Jesus battled with the shame of all the world's sin piled upon his shoulders the father turned from him and he felt the sin of all the world on his shoulders shoulders the person that knew no sin took on all sin Why did he do that? So we didn't have to. So we can find freedom. When sin entered Jesus, Jesus, the man, the perfect lamb that never sinned, that never did anything wrong, that lived a perfect, blameless life, he took on all the sins of the world. He took on every sin that you've committed and will commit. He brought that on himself, and he said, you know what? I'm going to shoulder this weight so they don't have to. I'm going to endure this on the cross so they don't have to. That's good news. That's good news that you don't have to carry your sin because the enemy will try to tell you, just keep it to yourself. You'll figure it out. It'll get better, but it doesn't get better. It just gets worse because it begins to torment you. Because sin always does this next thing. It always brings shame. Sin will always bring a sense of shame. And then when that shame gets on you, it causes you to abandon Abandon what? Abandon God and abandon church. Or oh, I can't show up at church because they're going to know I've been doing something wrong. It's been a long time since I've been there. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There's nobody in this church or any church that, well, they shouldn't look at you because you have been away from a while and then come back and say, oh, I know you've been out there sinning. No. You should be welcome with open arms. Saying, I'm glad you came in the house of the Lord to find freedom. I'm glad you came to the house of the Lord to find joy, to find peace, to find deliverance, to find restoration. Whatever it is that you need, you can find it here in the presence of the Lord. But don't carry your sin because you weren't made to carry your sin. We're not built to carry our sin because it will destroy you. Sin will destroy you. That shame will cripple you. The shame will leave you paralyzed. The shame will cause you to do things that you didn't even think you would do. I think about the son, the, the story of the prodigal son. He took his father's inheritance and his inheritance from his father, and then he just ran. And he did all types of foolishness, and he realized, man, I'm the, 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 the pig food is starting to look good to me. But the shame hit him that he realized, man, even my father's hired hands have enough food to eat. Surely the shame that I feel is not worth me eating pig's food. But then he ran back to the father. And he said, please, Father, please forgive me. That's what God is saying with us. When you feel that sin and that shame come on you, don't run. You run to the Father. Don't run away. You run to the Father because his arms are open wide to accept you, to embrace you, and to say, son and daughter, I've been waiting for you this whole time. But the enemy will try to keep you in that shame to say, you know what? Just abandon everyone else because they don't really understand what you're going through. Nobody understands what you're walking through. They, you can't tell anybody what you've done. They're not going to gonna look at you crazy. we all done crazy stuff. What if everything that you've done was put on the screen for everybody to see? Shame, shame, shame. All of us, shame, shame, shame. But thank God we don't have to. <laughs> and thank God that Jesus bore all the sin of the world on his shoulders so you don't have to. So you don't have to live in your shame. He took on all that sin so you don't have to. Yeah. All you have to do is, what we talked about in the first point: surrender. Yeah. All you have to do is surrender and give it to him, and he will take that sin, and he will give you freedom. Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So why did he do all that? So we could be the righteousness, righteousness of God. Meaning that we can live a righteous lifestyle. Meaning that we can live a life that's pleasing and acceptable unto God. As we put down our sin and shame and we pursue a life in God, that means that we can live a righteous lifestyle. That means we can live a lifestyle with no shame. You know, there was a time in my life I felt like I could never live a life of no sin. I thought there was a time in my life where I never felt the shame of, of, and the guilt of all the things that I was doing. I was like, you know, you pray those prayers. Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll never do it again. I prayed those prayers so many times, but yet the guilt and the shame was always still right there following me. Instead of His goodness and mercy following me, it was guilt and shame following me everywhere that I went. Because why? I didn't truly surrender. I was remorseful, not repentant. But when I came to the place of repentance and I said, God, I want to be made righteous in your sight. And I surrendered that sin. Guess what? There was a boldness and a righteousness that came upon me that said, You know what? It gave me hope to say, I could live a life free from sin. I don't have to do that stuff anymore. And I was free. But that's what God wanted us to do. Jesus encountered so many people that was caught in sin and shame. We think about Mary Magdalene. You think about the woman at the well. You think about Matthew. All these different people that Jesus encountered. In the Bible, that was found in the the woman caught in the act of adultery. They brought her out there naked on the street in front of everybody trying to condemn her. But did Jesus condemn any of them? No, he didn't. He embraced each and every one of them that was caught in sin and shame. He'll do the same for you. He's not going to condemn you. He's not going to bop you over the head and tell you how bad of a person you are. He's going to say, no, I love you. And I sent my son for you. To take away and wipe away all the sin and shame that you feel. I sent my son. That's hope right there. That's hope. That's what the cross is. The cross is a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of hope that says I'm free from my sin. So no longer am I bound in this. I'm free. There's freedom or there's hope in our sin. The enemy wants to keep you bound. But Jesus wants to give us hope. Amen. If you need hope from your life of sin and shame look to Jesus, and be filled with hope this morning. This is the third and final thing. The third thing that gives us hope is the grave. The grave. What does the grave represent? There is hope for my sorrow. There is hope for my sorrow. The tomb represents the battle of the natural world. This is sickness, this is death, this is loss, disappointment, all a part of every person's experience. We could put the mic, I could take the microphone and go to each and every person in this room and say, share just one disappointment with you, with us. You can share one disappointment and then a trick or two, another, well, I remember this time and then that led to this, and then it led to this. What is that? There's disappointment all over, the, all over this room. There's disappointment for you watching all. All of us di- experience disappointment and loss. Things don't always go the way that we thought they should. That's because of sin in the world. That's just the way it is. But just because that there's disappointment doesn't mean you have to live in that disappointment. do not mean you have to live in that sorrow. There's so many things that you walk through that the enemy wants to keep you bound in that sorrow where you just feel the same. You feel like Eeyore from uh, Winnie the Pooh. Nobody loves me. <laughs> I guess I'll just go on over here and just eat me a little hay by myself and you just feel sorry for yourself, and you just live in that sorrow. You know, some people love to live in their sorrow, and they love to tell you about their sorrow. Oh, let me tell you what I've been through. It just hadn't been a good week for me. Man, my cat died, and then I thought I was gonna get me another cat, but then that cat died too. And then I was going to the store, and then my car broke down. And then I was trying to get some help, and then they helped me, and then I was going down the street, and then I got a flat tire. And then I got the flat tire fixed, but then my radiator went out. And it's, How much bad stuff always happened to you? But people would love to tell you about their sorrows. How you doing today? Well, I'm not doing good. <laughs> it's like, you know, some people that you encounter that you just don't even want to ask them how they're doing because you know they're about to tell you all the bad things that's going on in their life. Like, you just already know. I, it's like, I just need to carve out about 20 minutes because I know they're about to go on a little pity party. Well, you know, I hadn't been feeling well. You hadn't been feeling well since 86. <laughs> when are you going to overcome your sorrow? But sorrow is something that we all experience. Sorrow is real. I know I'm trying to, I'm, I'm making jokes, but, but seriously, sorrow is something that we all experience. You know, one of the greatest moments of joy for tomorrow and I, two years ago, almost two years ago, is when we found out that we was going to be the pastors of this church when it was confirmed by leadership that we were going to be the pastors of this church. And on the same day, we had been trying for years to become pregnant. We found out we were pregnant on the same day that we we was confirmed by leadership that we were going to be the pastors of this church. And we were so excited, and we had planned our uh, first doctor's appointment. And the day of the doctor's appointment, I was outside playing with Camden, and Tamara was calling my name. And I was like, what is going on? So I ran in the room, and she said, I can't, I can't move my right side. I can't move. And I, she's like, I'm in so much pain, I can't move. So I called the paramedics because she couldn't move. They brought her to the hospital, and then they told her that, well, the reason that you experienced this pain is because you're walking through an ectopic pregnancy. And so we ended up losing the baby. So in the moment of our greatest joy became the moment of our greatest sorrow in the same, in the same vein. The moment of our greatest joy became the moment of our greatest sorrow. And I'm sure we could go around the room and everybody has sad stories. We all walk through disappointments. We all walk through failure. We all walk through so many different things. And it hurts and it's real. But guess what? There's hope for your sorrow. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live there. You can come out of it because Jesus overcame that in the grave. When Jesus walked out of that grave, guess what? All sorrow was gone. Just like those two men that were walking down the road and he was talking to them and they had sadness written all over their face. But at the moment that they broke bread and their eyes recognized who it was, hope returned to them. Hope can return to you as well. All you have to do is receive it from God. Jesus is there as a symbol of hope for your sorrow. Don't sit in your sorrow because that's a dangerous place to be. Because it's a slippery slope to depression. It's a slippery slope to thinking, maybe I'll just end my life because what's the point? This sorrow I feel, I just need to get out of this. And you start thinking about taking your own life. Don't sit there in depression. Get free and receive the hope that you need from Jesus. Amen? Amen? Before Christ came, there was no hope for life after death. We were all doomed for hell. That's a serious weight if you think about it. But because of Jesus and he came out of the grave like he said he would, now we all have hope for life after death. This is not the final death. There is a day where we will live forever. This is just a temporary body that we live in. We're going to receive new heavenly bodies where we can rule and reign with Jesus forever. And I don't know about you, but that's a great hope. That's a great hope that I feel on the inside of me. All the loved ones that we've lost that gone before us that, 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 that were in relationship with Christ, guess what? We can rejoice because we're going to see them again. We're going to see them again, y'all. So you don't have to live in your sorrow. There's hope for your sorrow. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, it says, Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death was swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is hope, y'all, for the other life, for another life to live, that you will live forever. Say, I will live and not die. All you got to do is trust in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. You said, well, I tried that before. Try them again. Yeah, it didn't work out the way I thought it would. Well, try it again. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Nobody said it was going to be perfect. Matter of fact, he told us it wouldn't be easy. <laughs> it's going to be difficult. But rejoice because we serve the one that has overcome the world. He's overcome the world. There's hope in that. So what's the application today? If you're overwhelmed with stress and anxiety... Christ is your hope. If you're overwhelmed with guilt, shame, and sin, Christ is your hope. If you're overwhelmed with sorrow and defeat, Christ is your hope. Whatever that you're walking through today and you feel like I'm hopeless, I'm helpless, I can't get out of what I'm walking through, Christ is your hope. Take hope in Christ and say, you know what? I can't get out of this situation because I have hope in Jesus Christ and he's going to help me get through this. Amen? There's hope in Jesus. What do I want you to know this morning? There's hope in Jesus. Your situation is not helpless. Say, my situation is not helpless because I have hope in Jesus. Come on, y'all give the Lord a shout of praise this morning, a hand clap of praise. There's hope in Jesus. There's hope. There's hope. I just want you to leave out of this room today knowing that there is hope. There is hope for your situation. There is hope. You say, why do you keep saying it? Because I want you to get it. There is hope. There is hope. Don't walk out of here helpless. You're, there is hope for you in Jesus Christ. Amen? Receive your help. Your help and your hope. Help and your hope. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, I just thank you right now for everyone in this room that's walking through a situation that they feel is helpless. That they feel like, God, I don't... I don't see a way out of this. I've been in this for so long. I've been feeling this way from so long that I don't know how you're going to take all the pain away. God, I don't know how you're going to take all the the sorrow and the disappointment of the loss that I felt when a loved one was gone or when I didn't get that job or I didn't get whatever it is that I was believing for, that the sorrow and the pain that I feel, the disappointment. Lord, I thank you right now that you're returning hope right now to everybody's hearts. I thank you that hope is being restored, that hope is being renewed this morning, and I bind every lie of the enemy that will try to keep us in a place of helplessness and hopelessness. But I thank you right now that hope is strong, that hope is arising. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I'ma just ask everyone else just to keep their head bowed and their eyes closed with no one looking around. I wanna give one final invitation. And that's for anyone that says that, man, you're talking about hope in Jesus, but I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Or at one point, I used to follow Jesus, but I find myself that I've I've turned away from Jesus. If I were to be honest, I'm not living for God. I'm living for myself. I'm living for what makes me happy, what brings me pleasure, what brings me joy. But today, the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart. He's speaking very clearly to you this morning. He's saying, son or daughter, I want you to receive my love. I want you to receive my forgiveness. you watching online. God's speaking to your heart. He's touching your heart right now. I don't have to beg you. I don't have to convince you. You know when God is speaking to your heart. And I just want to pray with you. And if you're in the room today, or you're watching online, and you say, I want to come in right relationship with God. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I want to surrender my life, whether it's the first time or you just rededicating your life to the Lord. I want to pray with you this morning. So if that's you in this morning, with no one looking around, every head bowed, every eyes closed, I just want you to lift your hand, and I want to pray for you. If you want to pray that prayer, I just want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to ask everyone just to very reverently just place your hand over your heart and I want everyone in the room just to repeat this after me say Heavenly Father I surrender all of my sin to you Lord I lay it down at the foot of the cross and I pick up your forgiveness this morning I thank you that I'm free from the bondage of sin and shame and I thank you that I may write in your sight, and I thank you that I have hope for my future in you. I love you, and I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Amen. come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're watching online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. We'd love to pray with you. throughout the week reach out to you connect with you just hear what god did in your heart in this moment and also if you're in a room and you prayed that prayer and see back in front of you there's a card that says let's connect on the back of it it says I, a, uh it says i made a decision fill that out and do an offering time uh, we love to pray with you uh, and connect with you throughout the week as well but let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow christ amen Amen. Well, we're going to disconnect in just a moment. Before we do that, we just want to thank you again for tuning in online, joining with us, and if you're prepared to give online, there's a couple of ways that you could do that. You can download our app, which is New Life Church of Mobile. You can download that app. Uh, We'd love to receive your gift, your offering. You can can, uh, give there. You can go to our website at newlifemobile.org. You can give online, or you can go to our website or Facebook page to get our address to mail in a check as well. Man, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday. I hope that you find hope for your situation, that you're not helpless, you're not in this alone. And also, we love you. Hope to see you next Sunday. Y'all have a great Sunday. Amen.